Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to what I can assure you is going to be another exciting episode of Wing and Clay Nation Radio. I am on location in San Antonio, Texas at the National Shooting Complex for the 2019 National Sporting Clays Championship. And I have got a lineup of guests today that are absolutely world class. And I'm going to tell you something, uh, you know, this place looks better than it's ever looked. I've been coming here since 1990, and uh, it is amazing how many people I see here. And I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of the stuff that I normally do, talking about uh, Wing and Clay news. The, the, the news this week is in San Antonio, Texas, and my first guest, and I'm proud to have him be here on the show, is Michael Hampton, Jr. Now, Michael Hampton, Jr. is the executive director of the National Skeet Shooting Association and the National Sporting Clays Association. Uh, his father, Mike Hampton Sr., uh, held that position for many years, and I, and I knew Mike. I was on the advisory council for NSCA in the early years, and uh, and, I, and I watched Michael come along and grow up, and, uh, and all of a sudden, he's a guy. And by the way, don't be alarmed at the gunshot. We are at a gun club, and uh, we're outside, and people are having a blast. Michael Hampton... Welcome to Wing and Clay Nation, buddy. Thank you for having me, Marty. Glad to have you here. Listen, it is my pleasure. And, you know, I just mentioned I, I started coming in 1990. And, you know, back then I was on the advisory council and, and we'd sit in those meetings and we were jumping up and down. And they said, boy, you know, we've got 500 shooters. We've got 600 shooters. We've got this many new shooters. We've got this, that, and the other. And um, you sh- just told me some numbers that just knocked me out of the ballpark. Um, tell me a little bit of what's going on this year because this is remarkable yeah this year is actually the uh, largest national championship it's our 31st year of hosting the nsca nationals and we've got 2198 total competitors in our main event we've got 1832 but one of the best numbers of that is out of that 2198 325 of those are first-time attendees i mean this is their first national championship well and that you know that is so important because you know a lot of times and you know and i hate to say it i I are one of those old guys you know i i I do all of this because i absolutely love it but in time you know we we tend to go away as much as we hate to say that so we've got to replace we've got to play we've got to replace us with you know with with some new folks and of course the youth shooting and everything and i know nsca has got and NSS, they have a lot of programs that are geared to youth shooting, that are geared to ladies shooting. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you know, how do we, uh, you know, everybody doesn't want to be a competitive shooter, but, they, you know, the, the NSCA and the NSS, they actually have things that can be attractive to them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the national championship is more than just being the national champion. It's being with people of like mind, like the camaraderie and that, because most of them aren't going to win their ring, but they are going to be here meeting people from all over. And like I said, we've got 48 states represented at this event. And, you know, we've got a ladies clinic. We just finished today with ladies uh, coming out here for the first time at the nationals. And then on Saturday, they're going to have to shoot the ladies open. Um, we also have an SCTP division at the mm-hmm. nationals where we're getting kids from middle school to high school to collegiate 
out here competing for their national championship to win prizes, win scholarships and that. So it's not about just the trophy. It's about being out here. We've got 55 vendors and being able to shop the wares and look around and see a great time. I mean, we got 14 countries uh, coming in here. So it's a neat way to see people from Russia, Latvia, Venezuela, Mm -hmm. Mexico. And um, they're all here to have fun, have a good time. Um, we've got all of our classes and concurrence, but it's it's more of more than just a shoot. It's an event to be at um, to enjoy. Well, and you know, and I you know I um I use the old term because everybody uses it world class. Well, you know what? I think we need to elevate that a little bit. This might be universe class this year. I, I'm telling you, I've uh, as I say, I've been here many times, and and uh, and what I'm seeing today. Uh, everybody walking around with smiles on their faces, and that's what you want. I mean, uh, you know, they're here, they're doing what they love. Um, most of them know that they're, they're not professional shooters. I mean, they do this because they love to shoot. And uh, and, and that's a big, big part of, of everything that we do. I know I write for the, for the uh, Clay Target Nation magazine, which, you know, has got great information in it. It's not just about shooting events. It's really about helping shooters become better at the game that they love. Exactly. And we, and we try to build upon that because, you know, not everybody wants to be competitive, but people like to, to shoot sporting clays. They like to shoot ski, whatever that may be, to enjoy it, to have a pastime, have a hobby. And, it, and you know, and one of the things the NSCA is really pushing is, you know, when you start looking at it, you're not going to, we've got classes that for all levels of all ability. Um, like a, we have lots of new shooters coming in each and every year, shooting around the country. And they might not come here to the nationals, but they're shooting at their local clubs, uh-huh. their state level, and having a great time. You know, you don't have to be hardcore competitor to enjoy the NSCA. No, and I think I think that those <clears throat> that aren't hardcore, you know, the ones that are doing it, that like it, you know, at some point, a lot of them are going to say, you know what, maybe I need to venture out a little bit. And, you know, what a great place to come here. I mean, you know, if you, you, you know, you've got to shoot a number of registered targets because we, otherwise right. we would just be inundated with people. I mean, we get to the point where we can't handle many more people. I mean, yeah. as much as I hate to say that, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I remember back when it was a 200 target event. Now it's a 300 target event. And, you know, let that sink in, folks. You've got to be good for 300 targets. That's 75 targets on four different courses, and all of them are different. They're not anything is the same. So, you know, you bring the best game you can, and you come to have a good time, and that's really what it's all about. But there's so many other little things going on here, too, uh, in the different games. I mean, we've got side-by-side, pump, you know, all of that stuff that people enjoy. Yeah, and and it's really kind of like to expand on that is, you know, the main event being the 300, but we have our sub-gauge events. We have sub-gauge fit tasks now. We have our five-stand event. We have super sporting. Super sporting 10 years ago didn't exist. Nowadays, we have it, and it's a 100-bird event. We have 1,400-plus shooters mm-hmm. in the super sporting event. So, I mean, there's just lots and lots of different games, um, not counting the game to shoot. There's practice. There's demo fields for to try your new wares and guns um it's just an experience to come and see well you know and, and as i say you, you know you're naming the number of shooters in each each one of these events you know and folks when you add all of that up that's about ten thousand entries ten thousand now you start playing with the math on that a little bit and it's it's pretty awe-inspiring for for one thing and and I, I remember back in the early days when you know we would give anything to 
you know, to, to even think, I don't know, in fact, we didn't even think about that kind of number. We, you know, our, our number was, well, let's get to 750. And then when we got to that, well, let's get to a thousand somehow. And then we got to that, you know, and, and under, under your leadership, you know, that has continued to, to go. And, um, uh, you know, real quick, um, give me, give me a, a, a little, come be a part of the NSCA and I'll let you go. I know you've got a yeah. Hall of Fame banquet to go yeah. to, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, NSCA and what you can expect if you become a member. Well, the NSCA being headquarters down in San Antonio, but I would invite you to go to nssa-nsca.org uh, to find out to be a member. We've got our monthly publication. You're a part of all of our recognition programs. We have a shoot for rewards program. So the more you shoot, the more you can win with prizes and different things that you can get. Um, there's all of our recognition, our all-American teams, big variety of things. We also got sportsman's insurance to help you with gun floaters insurance and that kind of stuff. So whether you want to shoot at your local club or you want to travel around the country, the NSCA is where you need to be. Well, and... You know, you're exactly right, and and that you couldn't have said it any better than that, Michael. I know you've got to go. I told you I wouldn't keep you more than about about twelve or so minutes, and we're up on that point. Right. So anyway, let me shake a hand. Let's let. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, and congratulations on what is going to be an absolutely great event. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your banquet tonight. Yes, sir. Okay, folks. Michael Hampton Jr., the executive director of National Skeet Shooting Association and the National Sporting Clays Association. And I'm going to tell you something. There is a lot of activity going on at this club. I mean, it is absolutely balls to the wall, if you will. You know, the first um, the first national championship was held back in 1989. And, um, you know, up in Prior Lake, Minnesota. And uh, a guy named Jim Jameson, I happen to know Jim fairly well. Jim uh, uh, won that national championship that year with 200 targets, and he broke 164 of those targets. And we're doing 300 now. And uh, the, the guys these days are, are they're up there breaking, you know, close to 290 of those targets. So, you know, not only have, have we increased the number of shooters, the shooters that are, are coming have gotten a lot better. So, uh, <clears throat> you know... Uh, this is the place to be if you're a sporting clays person. I can tell you that. You, and if you have not made it here, you owe it to yourself to come, even if you don't shoot. Come walk Vendor's Row. Come come talk to all of these gun people. I mean, there are millions of dollars worth of beautiful shotguns here. I mean, everybody in the industry is here. It's a great event to come to. Now, I really thank Michael for coming. I want to introduce my next guest. And I've, I've actually known this guy not real well when I first met him. I've gotten to know him a lot, know him a lot better, in, in, you know, after uh, after that in, in previous years. But I think I met Phil Murray in 1982 in Far City Gun Club at the World Skeet Shoot. Yep. And um, Phil Murray is uh, he is one of the guys who was part of the foundation of the National Sporting Clays Association. I mean, he was a skeet shooter. You know, the, the National Skeet Shooting Association actually founded NSCA kind of as a, as a spinoff. And I don't think when, when everything got put together, you know, I was on the advisory council starting in 1990. I, I don't really know whether we, we had any idea it was going to become what it's become. Right. But Phil, Murray, I want to welcome you to the show. It's, a, it's great to have you. And folks, I want to say this before Phil says a word. Phil works for White Flyer Targets, and, uh, you know, I can promise you that any of you who have ever shot any clay pigeons, more than likely they had White Flyer stamped on them somewhere, 
But Phil has been with that company for decades, and he is actually retiring now as of January 2nd, 2020. And I can tell you this, in front of him, the industry and the clay tarting world is going to miss this guy being a part of it. I hope you're going to stick around and do some things. Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you for uh, for the kind words and all that. I really appreciate that, and uh, it means a lot. It, it's been a wonderful, wonderful ride, but uh, uh, I'll still be involved. I still plan on shooting. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Well, and why not? Why not? You know, Absolutely. I mean, what the heck? I mean, I, I'm I'm sure you can still point that scatter gun fairly well. Maybe not as good as when you were younger, but now you're more seasoned. Oh, well, I understand a little bit better. <laughs> well, well, look, talk to me a little bit. I mean, a lot of our viewers really and truly don't have any idea about the early years of NS- NSCA. I mean, that that's something that I think people really need to get an understanding of. You know, with what we see here today, it wasn't like that. Day one. So, no, from, you know, the beginning back in when when it first came about and all that, uh, uh, it was a it was a called uh, Hunter's Clays mm-hmm. and and uh, it was a it was a natural uh, thing to kind of bring it together with NSSA and 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 the facility here in San Antonio was just the you know the greatest in the world with uh, so many stations and things like that. So it was it was one of those great things, and there needed some organization and direction mm-hmm. for where to go. Well, and, and and the good news is that the Skeet Shooting Association had been around for a long time, so they had some idea. About how to about how to steer that direction. Yeah, it was fortunate that 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 get gentlemen like Mike Hampton and some of the other people were around and Hal Dupont, uh, in order to you know they had the experience from the skeet side for doing that for 45 years. Mm-hmm. So this you know it was a it was a great boost for sporting players. Well, and the good part too is these folks were they were business people. Absolutely. You know, and that that was one thing you know because because once you start this. It's not on a whim. This is this. You actually have to run this like a business. Now, a lot of folks, well, I'm just doing it for fun, and I don't understand the business side. Trust me, folks, it's a business, and it has to run like that in order to put on things like what we're having here today. Well, it, you're you're absolutely 100% right, and it's one of those types of businesses that uh, you better learn it's a hospitality business and it's an entertainment you're providing for the people, and that uh, if you don't if they don't have fun, they won't come back. Well, you know, Phil, in the, in the early days, and and you know this, you you kind of bounced around and shot some tournaments. You know, it was how how tight can I get the spring? How far can I throw it away? You know, how fast can it go? And uh, I don't want anybody to shoot a good score. Right. You know that that we kind of went through that mindset. Uh, is that something? I mean, you were you there's were. Been a, a, there's you, been an evolution. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. were you were a part of the executive committee. I think yeah. you were chairman of the executive right. committee. Right. Uh, three times. Uh, you know that. Did you guys ever have any conversations about that kind of stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. That was that was important. You know, we, we one of the things that we realized from the beginning was the importance of uh, you know just business 101, make the customer happy. Mm-hmm. And if you had a gun club and you were throwing targets that were extremely difficult and people didn't break them, they were not going to come back. They were not happy. Well, you know, it, it it's fun to think you got a chance. Yes. You know, and and that's the thing. And and you know, in the early years of the game. You know, as I said, you know, a year, you know, the first year, the the winning score was 164 out of 200. That's 82. That's an 82 average for for 100 targets. And today, those numbers are up in the 90s. And of course, you know, we've got this set up where there's a, a classification system. You know, we have to do that so that you know people that that 
come out and shoot, they're not shooting against the very best of the best guys. They're shooting against people that are at your level. Mm -hmm. And really and truly, the way I look at it, you're not shooting against those people. You're actually shooting against the course and how you can do on that, and you let the chips fall where they fall. Well, that's right. It, you know, the, the, the attitude that developed was that it was, you know, in the beginning, there were people were worried that the courses were going to be set so difficult that they wouldn't break a good score. Well, that evolved after a period of time, realizing that the customers wanted to they wanted to break scores, they wanted to be happy, and it and and it became that way. And and as as a result, it you know the gun clubs around the country have developed these systems to come up there and and make the shoots mm -hmm. so people not only have a good time but they can break good scores but the the thing is that the, uh, the evolution of the products a lot of the products in the in the shooting sports such as the ammo and the guns and the choke tubes and things like that those those had a huge effect on the development of the sport well they did and and not only that i mean even even the development of the clay target right you know you can speak to that i mean when i first got involved uh, you know, they, they had minis, you know, they had rockets, you know, I mean, you say rocket to somebody now and people look understand. at you, they, they have no clue what that is. Yep. Um, you know, we've got about a minute before I've got to take a break. Talk a little bit about White Flyer for me. What's what's going on at the company? Uh, with White Flyer, I've been with them for 24 years and uh, we make all sorts of clay targets from uh, uh, biodegradables to uh, pitch targets. Uh, we're located all over the United States and, and we also sell to foreign countries and things mm -hmm. like that, but uh, we're probably one of the largest producers of clay targets in the world well I, I don't think there's any doubt about that because you know I, I see white flower everywhere and you know quite frankly you know I'm a gun club designer and the first thing I do is I find out where is the closest white flower distributor and that's where I tell people to go I said you go that's what you want that's what you want to put in these Lincoln machines that yeah. I'm selling you. so uh, you know and it works out just great but we're, we're up on a break could you sit through for like another couple of minutes sure. then I'm, then I'm going to bring Ricky Ash okay, on right after good. that folks Stay tuned. Phil Murray and Marty Fisher will be right back from San Antonio right after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, 
current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are where there's a little bit of noise in the background. We've got some some shooters out there banging away and breaking some clay pigeons, and I know they're having a blast. And hey, you know, folks, if uh, I know you, everybody can't, can't listen to my show live every time you know we're on six different podcast sites if you go to my website wingandclayradio.com well, we'll steer you anywhere and everywhere that you need to go to uh, to listen to every show that we've ever done and including this one and um, you know if you're a, a freak on social media like so many of us are uh, our twitter account is twitter.com slash wingclaynation uh, facebook is facebook.com slash Radio. Instagram is Instagram.com slash Wing and Clay Radio. Now, before I get back to Phil, Phil's segment of the show, our last segment of the show, is going to be brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. You know, I'm here and there are 2,200 shooters here. That means there are significantly more than 2,200 shotguns that are being toted around in vehicles all over San Antonio, and a lot of them drove here from all over the country. You know, the Crushable Vault is a great product. It is uh, it is something I discovered not too long ago. It's actually a looks like a piece of luggage. It covers your gun cases. It has a, a, a cable system that you can actually secure your guns into the bed of your pickup truck or into the back seat of your SUV or in your trunk or, or in your car. And I can tell you right now, nobody is going to take those out. I've already seen some reports of some some theft and some trucks being damaged here in San Antonio on the internet. Crushable Vault will take that away from your problem mind. I can tell you right now, the Crushable Vault is something to take a look at. Check them out, crushablevault.com. If you see anything you like in there, they got a little promo box at the end. Type my name in it, Marty. You get a 10% discount immediately off of the purchase. Now, let me get back to Phil Murray. And Phil, you know, we've talked a lot about the formation of, of uh, NSCA and a little bit about sporting clays, things of that nature. But you, you were a skeet guy, okay? And, and not only were you a skeet guy, you were the world's best. Oh, thank you. And, you know, we all talk about the mental side of the game. And, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to stay in it. For 100. It's another thing to stay in it for 400 or 500 or six. I think we, one time in Savannah, we shot 650 one time, and I think Buddy Boss won that. And uh, so talk a little bit about the mental side of the game, if you would. You know, the, the probably the biggest thing about uh, uh, mentally for shooting skeet or even sporting clays or trap or anything along those lines is the fact is that you have to learn to lose. You know, that's one of the things is you're not going to always go out there and break that 100 out of 100. And uh, so you have to take those the good. You're going to lose more than you're going to win probably. Mm-hmm. So you have to get yourself ready to 
that you're going to lose. And realize that there's going to be a next time to go out there to shoot. You shoot one target at a time. You don't you don't think negatively about you know I hope I hit the target or I I hope it flies where I you know point, but it, it's it's something that the mental game is is something that only in the last 25 years it's really gotten gotten important in the in the shooting aspect. It's very important in the, the Olympic style shooting and and things like that. But uh, from from a mental standpoint, uh, it's there's some involvement in that that uh, that you need to you need to learn and it doesn't come overnight. It's something that takes a, a couple years maybe to learn and and you have to be patient but you'll be a better shooter before. well and the, and the big thing is you have to learn to be the same the same the same and that's really where shooters get in trouble a lot of times you know a guy will go out on a clay course and and he can break three pair in a row and all of a sudden he misses one well obviously he knew how to break the targets because he just broke three pair and a lot of that is mental you know he did something wrong you know the wind didn't change the target didn't change I mean, it was very little, and I'll let you go after this, was very little mindset thing that you had. Did you, did you do anything, trigger words or anything like that, to, to know when it was time to go, and, and that triggered the shot? Well, it, it most of the time, you know, when I was involved in the Skeet Shooting Association, I was also working uh, for in the industry and all that, and I used to look at that I'd have an hour and a half every day to go out and shoot, and that that would be my time. So what I would do was I would, you know, dedicate all my efforts into that hour and 30 minutes and that was going to be for shooting the the, th- the problem that shooters have now is that yes they want to learn the mental game and all that and they want to learn to lose and and they know that but whenever they miss instead of analyzing why they missed they automatically change their game mm-hmm. they they uh, use a different gun gun hole point or they look in a different spot not realizing that when they missed it that they just may have made a mistake right i mean it could have been a, something very very small right that you know, that, that, that caused the miss and that because everything's exponential from the muzzle of the gun right. i mean if you're if you're wrong a 32nd of an inch you know out there 40 45 yards that could mean a miss yeah so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right, Phil. Listen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, folks. I want to thank Phil Murray. And let me tell you something. This is one of the good guys in this industry. And um, even though he's leaving White Flyer, I want to do this for him. Make sure when you're thinking about buying targets, make sure it's a White Flyer because they're, they're going to fly the way that they're supposed to. Phil, thank you again so much, buddy. Enjoy your retirement. I'm sure I will see you outside of the industry Absolutely. somewhere having fun. Absolutely. Thank you, Marty, for having me yeah. on. And uh, if I can ever help anybody, I'll be glad to do it. Hey, buddy. Thank, thank you. you. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Folks, that's Phil Murray. And I'll tell you, he is really and truly one of the good guys. Now, I'm, I'm going to bring up my next guest. And I am ecstatically happy to have this lady on my show. Because she is one of those shooters that has been there, done that, seen that, experienced that. And now she's, uh, you know, she kind of makes her living at this, too, um, and not in a roundabout sort of way, in a direct sort of way. And uh, so I want to welcome to the show, and many of you have heard her name before through uh, uh, the OSP Shooting School uh, with her husband, Gil. I want to welcome Vicki Ash. Welcome to Wing and Clay Nation. Well, thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Well, you know, and, and one of the reasons that I wanted you to come... Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd have to go all over the ground here to see if I could find somebody that's been to every one of these doggone things since 1989, you know, the one up in Minnesota. So, you know, you've seen 
NSGA, you've seen the national shoot from its absolute infancy. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, what what are, what are the differences over the years? Oh, mercy. Well, the biggest difference, I think, is uh, as far as women are concerned, back in uh, the first one, 31 years ago, there were two women, myself and someone else. And now, 10 to 15 percent of the participants are uh-huh. women. Uh, women have found out that this is a really fun thing to do, and they can beat the boys. And they can beat the boy, you know, <laughs> and that is a <clears throat> that is something that uh, that that a lot of them don't realize. Oh, yeah. You know, here's the thing: you don't have to be some super athlete. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be tall. You don't have to be muscular. You know, no. none of that. And it's, and unlike golf, where women have to shoot or play from different tees. We all play from the same tee, and it's uh, it's really been fun. Well, I know, and, and you know, you're an instructor, yeah. obviously, and you, you don't teach just clays. You teach bird shooting. Oh, you yeah. teach you teach everything. You and Gil do. Um, I know when I first got into this game, I was the manager at Cher- Cherokee Rose down in Griffin, Georgia, which mm-hmm. our good friend Brett Moyes now yeah. owns. And I, I had Brett on the show a couple of weeks ago, and and really wish him well. He'll do great there. Yes. And you know, we had that star shot game. Yeah. And that was one of those crazy things. And all we wanted to do was have that so for somebody to come out and shoot at something. And invariably, the ladies that did it, that broke a clay, it was probably the most exciting thing they'd done in a long time. Mayhem when somebody, when a woman, you get so excited about it because it's so much fun. And mm-hmm. you realize now why everybody does it. I know that we instruct, and this is the only tournament that we shoot all year long. And mostly just to come and see everybody, right. and you know, and but you forget how much fun it is to shoot this game. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a week of shooting. We shot more this week than we have all year long. So it's been a blast. Well, and and you know, it it, it it's amazing to see what this facility is now oh, yeah. from what it was. Right. I mean, talk a little bit what about that. Off. I mean, you you've seen it from day uh, one. Yeah, because Bill and I were involved in uh, the beginning of the NSCA and uh, coming over here every other month and spending time with Michael Hampton uh, Sr. And uh, just watching it develop. And it's just grown. And the thing about it is people want everyone to shoot well in this game. Uh-huh. And, um, and I remember at this facility, we would meet over in the office and there was two rooms. And... So it was just advisory council meetings and all that, but it's grown. People love doing this uh, all over the country. Uh, people ask us, "Was well, is, is Sporty Clay's growing?" Absolutely. You know, and I can I can I can vouch for that. I mean, yeah. it is definitely growing. Right. You know, I mean, you know, sadly at the expense of some of the other games. Right. But you know what? Shooting is shooting, and as long as people are out having a good time, that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. You know, we just, we just want them shooting stuff. And, you know, some of them will ultimately become hunters, and, you know, that's something, too. I mean, you actually, you and Gil do clinics down in Argentina where you we actually do. go and help people learn to shoot birds. Absolutely. And uh, it, it is fun to watch them because they come out with no idea why they're missing, and by the time we're through with them, they all can correct themselves uh-huh. and... And, you know, people say, well, I like to be out here because it's fun. No, you want to break every single clay or bring down every bird that you shoot at. So be honest with yourself about that. But, uh, it, yeah, it's 
it's so exciting to have people understand what they're supposed to do and then learn to correct it because mm-hmm. correction is is the key well and, and once the correction happens and they actually warm up to it right and they say you know what that works and you know and, and of course as an instructor is okay is it repeatable it is if it's done right <laughs> if, if, can you actually do that again and if you yes. can boy i mean it is absolutely a blast now if i look at the at the entry numbers uh, you know, Michael said something about it. It was almost 260 ladies. Oh, that's um, Now, you've got a ladies-only event. I understand. Right. I don't know how much you know about that. No, I don't know anything about it other than they have it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we, we're here, and then we have to leave tomorrow and go quilling. So, you know, it's well, been a fun Cry me a river. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you know, that, well, that's got to be a tough life. No, you know? I know, I know. Well, you know, when everybody tells me, boy, I'd love to have your job. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll tell them, you know, you would except for the travel. Right. Because some of that stuff is just absolutely brutal. Yes. And it's, and it's not always like you want it. I mean, sometimes it's raining and you got to be there. And sometimes, you know, it's cold and you got to be there. And, you know, and all of that, you don't have the luxury of saying, well, I don't want to be there. I'll just go sit in the truck. No, no. you you know, <laughs> you're you're there to, to perform. Now, uh, we've got a, got a few minutes. Tell me a little bit about OSP. Okay. Um, OSP is Gil and myself, and now our son is working with us. I remember when he was a little tiny uh, guy. A little too. tiny guy. Well, mm-hmm. he's a big guy. Oh, he's now. a big guy. Well, he was a big guy as he grew up. So Absolutely. I, you know, I, but he does uh, a lot of the clinics and stuff in Houston, mm-hmm. and uh, Gil and I travel. We have been gone every weekend since uh, February 15th, traveling all the country. We've been in every state in the Union teaching and we just keep adding clubs and having a ball well yeah and and the thing is you know you're you're not just selling entertainment because that's not really what it is i mean you're you're actually selling an opportunity for somebody to grow in their game something that they love you know Years ago, nobody would even think about taking a shooting lesson, especially guys. You know, you talk to them, oh, you know, I'm taking a shooting lesson. Oh, you got to be kidding me. They all think they're kin to Daniel Boone or something, and, and, and we're not. You know, everybody can pick up something oh, yes. from someone. Absolutely. And that is, a, that is a huge part of why instruction these days is so good. And, you know, and I know you, you guys specialize in, you know, in, in literally anything and everything, but you've got some... You know, you, you've got some visuals and things like that that are a little bit different. I mean, right. you know, I mean, talk about that because okay. I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by those things. Oh, they're, okay. they're pretty cool. We have uh, some animations that we've done over the years, and uh, they're on our website. We have a website and uh, that has like 6,000 videos of, of plays and birds and all that kind of stuff. And articles, everything we've ever written or done. Uh, and I have to tell you that when we started this, teaching we thought we were going to teach people how to shoot shotguns you know what we teach them how to handle fear and failure because this game is wrought with that and so it's been uh you know it's we've had to change that our thought process of just teaching them how to shoot you teach them how to deal with it and it's a life lesson instead of just a shooting lesson and i'm going to tell you that how to deal with it is is real okay Uh, i'll give you for instance okay Early 1990s, I'm running the Cherokee Rose Club there south of Atlanta. We've got the Quail Unlimited National Shoot. 
I won't say this gentleman's name because he was actually pretty well known in, in, in the game. Uh, I was riding around in my little cart, you know, making sure everybody was having a good time. Everything was okay. Nothing was broken or anything like that. So I'm, and I'm sitting back watching a group of shooters on a particular station. And it was, I had set the targets, and it was a little tricky. I mean, it looked easy, but it really wasn't. You know, it was one of those that, you know, the, had kind of a falling away background, and, and I threw it as a crosser, but it made it look like it was following the background going away from me. And this gentleman... It was an eight-shot station because back then we didn't have 15, 20 like we do now. Uh, and he per- he proceeded to uh, leave seven of them untouched. And I'm watching, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, that was tough. The next thing I know, I see this beautiful K80 Kriegolf. Now, it's broken, to his credit. That thing looked like a boomerang going across the sky so you know and all of a sudden so I I mean I got to go there so I go there and I said what well that just ruined my entire day I'm done man no so you know and and, and so what you just said is real the fear of missing scares a hell out of people oh absolutely and when fear takes over that gun's going to get in the way of you seeing the target at that point you're just pulling the trigger yeah Yep. You know, and sometimes you hit some and sometimes you don't. Yep. But, uh, wow, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's really, really, really great. Now, tell me real quick, uh-huh. uh, how, do, how do people get in touch with you guys? Not that you need to be any busier, but I want to make sure that oh. there's that opportunity. Absolutely. So, uh, OSPschool.com on the web, or you can call 1-800-838-7533. Talk to Becky and look at our schedule and find out where we are. We're, like I said, we are all over the country. We're probably close to to one of you. Well, you've been down in my neck of the woods in Georgia at some of the gun clubs that I designed, and I, I, I welcome you being there, too, because there are a lot of a lot of people that, that, that want to get good instruction. Right. So, Vicki, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And, folks, OSP, these folks know how to get it done. Website one more time. OSPschool.com. There you go, guys. Get in touch with these folks, and I promise you they can make you better. Folks, we're up on a break right now, and after the break, I have got another gentleman coming, Anthony Matarese, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to this next interview. Uh, This gentleman not only has won this uh, national championship, he's also a world champion, so stay tuned. I'll be back with Anthony Matarese right after these messages. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. 
It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and rental cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. WingandClayRadio at gmail.com That's WingandClayRadio at gmail.com now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are, and welcome back to San Antonio, where we are here live. You hear the gunshots in the background. I mean, there's clay target breaking going on. We are at the National Sporting Clays Championship at the National Gun Club, and I have got a guest coming up that I promise you everybody wants to hear from, uh, Mr. Anthony Matarese, and I, I'll tell you, I'm going to introduce him here in just a moment. I do want to let you know that Anthony's segment is brought to you by my good friends over at Negrini Cases. You know, Negrini's been building gun cases for more than 35 years, and you know, we talked about there are 2,200 shooters here. I bet you there are probably at least 2,000 Negrini gun cases here. Uh, but not only do they make the cases for, for Beretta and Kriegoff and Blosser and Parachi and all of the great guns, uh, they also make a custom line, and that's what I use. And I would encourage you to go to their website, take a look at what these folks are doing, and I can promise you, you'll absolutely love it. They are uh, TSA approved, uh, stronger than aluminum, but very, very lightweight. Check them out, negrinicases.com. If you find something in there that you like and you you spend a couple of hundred bucks, put Marty in the little promo code box and they'll send you a waterproof ammo shot shell case and they'll pay for the shipping. Thegreenycases.com. Now, I'm saving a really good guy for the last segment of this show. Anthony Matarese, I, I, Anthony and I don't know each other real well, but I've watched him from afar grow up as a little boy. Uh, Dad happened to be in the gun club business up in New Jersey and and uh, put a shotgun in his hand. And I, uh, Anthony, I don't know if you were a bird hunter before you were a clay shooter, but I, you know, I know you love to do both. So, uh, so talk a little bit about your youth and how you got into this game. Yep. So I, uh, I grew up essentially on a hunting preserve and sporting clay range. We were a hunting preserve uh, before we were a sporting clay range, and uh, we put in an eight station manual trap sporting clay course in 1991. So I threw a lot of clay targets off a of manual trap and uh, got paid as a trapper and uh, learned a lot about the game just by being around it. So I was essentially grew up in the business in the sense that whether I was, uh, didn't really have that much of a choice whether I was going to be there working or not. So yeah, you pretty much had to be there. The, uh, the shooting part, I started at uh, started shooting competitively at 10 years old. And I'm at the national championship now. This is my 24th consecutive national championship. Now, you won a national championship. 
won the national championship in 2008 in the open mm-hmm. division, won several times as sub-junior and junior. Uh-huh. And then you won the world championship, too. 2016, won the world championship. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's no small task. Okay? I mean, there are a lot of guys here that wish they could even carry this man's box of shells. But he's worked at it. So, Andy, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, the work part of this, and I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, what it takes to really be the best that you can be. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, good question. As a kid, uh, I had the opportunity, which is always an important variable. You know, I always say that it takes, uh, takes, takes three things, okay? It takes a lot of work. Uh, an opportunity to do it, whatever that means in terms of the resources to get out there and shoot and practice at whatever age. And it takes a little bit of talent. Talent's the last one on the totem pole. Um, you, can, you can overcome that, that's for sure. I'm definitely not the most talented guy here. Well, I was going to ask you. But I, I mean, might be one of the most knowledgeable competitors exactly. here in I mean, regards well, I mean, to studying you know, the game. If a, if a kid, you know, were you considered a natural? You just took it took to it and and you were a good shot or you really had to work at it no i was a, dan carlisle was my coach at a as a at a young age i started shooting i guess when i was eight or nine started competitively when i was 10 and i started working with dan when i was 12 and dan's a kind of uh you know to the point this is how you're going to do it and i basically just did everything he told me well, to he's do. a pretty no-nonsense guy when yeah, it comes pretty no-nonsense guy which i kind of took everything he told me literally and that's what you know that's the basis of my shooting i do some things slightly different now uh as the game's changed a lot Mm -hmm. but i was a good student and did what he asked me to do and worked really hard at it you know i would definitely definitely say that it takes a lot of hard work um for the shooters out there you know depending on what you're trying to accomplish you know i always tell people we kind of get into this for fun um and as you work your way up and you're trying to improve you're going to run into moments where to actually improve, it's not going to be any fun. Okay. Well, and, yeah, it and becomes work. And then that, that becomes a decision yeah. that you make that you're shooting for fun or you're shooting for accomplishment. Well, um, personally, I shoot for accomplishment. Sure. You know, my shooting for fun is kind of, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun when I win. Yeah. Other absolutely. than that, Amen. it's not that much fun. Well, and you know, and, and, you, and you look at it, um, I mean, look, look at the, I mean, the entry, for instance, from after class this year. You know, we everybody wants to be a master class shooter. And we work our way up to that. We've got, um, you know, 2,200 shooters, basically, and more than 730 of those are master class. So you've got 730 guys in your class, Anthony. And to, to be honest with you, most of those guys know that they can't beat you and they're not going to be able to beat Wendell Terry or not going to be able to beat Zach Keenbaum or Derek Mine or those kind of guys. So, you know... What, what do they do? Or what are, you know, you talk to them, you teach them. Right. You know, I mean, so, I what mean, do you I, say to those First, guys? you know, first, look, the, there's a huge question, you know, for all of them is just at the end of the day, you, you have to kind of have some idea of what you want to accomplish. And then you look at what's realistic to accomplish. Myself personally is a good example. Uh, married. I have two kids run my own shooting school which is i got people standing in line uh and we have a full service gun club with hunting sporting plays we host national level world level championships we have lodging food you know and i kind of help oversee and manage all that i do all the marketing of both of those 
what's realistic for me to accomplish as a shooter is a lot less than it was realistic for me to accomplish if I didn't have to do those things. Well, if, you you know, know, if my you... goal was only goal in life was shooting, uh, then my goals would be a little bit different. You know, sure. my goal as a shooter has to be tailored kind of around what's possible and what I can set time aside and accomplish. So every person has to kind of take that in consideration, if, you know, and then set your expectations and your satisfaction mm-hmm. relative to that you know if you can get out and shoot once a week and do 150 rounds uh or you can get out twice a month and do 100 rounds or you can get out three times a week and shoot case of shells every time you have to look at it realistically and decide you know what is possible um outside of that you know that's kind of that's the opportunity part mm-hmm. okay uh, then comes kind of the knowledge and the the knowledge part of figuring out if there's something that you if there's something that you need to learn and know about the game. You got to figure out how you're gonna how you're gonna do that. I am a more knowledgeable shooter every year. Okay, mm-hmm. um, not just from competing, but from standing on a range uh, 250, 300 days a year. I mean, I, I live at a range. Okay, sure. there's yes. probably not yes. a person in the United States that spends more time on a range than myself, you know, in all variables of it as a target setter, as a shooter, as a, as a, as a coach. Um, so the, the game is, you know, you can always learn more. Okay. And I can guarantee you, I'll be more knowledgeable about the game next year than I am this year. Sure. So you have to figure out if there's something that you're missing. Yes. If that you think that's a variable that's going to allow you to help move forward. Well, you know, for, for a guy, and maybe you now have a full-time job. Okay, yep. and you 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 outlined that. So do a lot of these people that are here. Absolutely. So just out of morbid curiosity, what what would you say to a guy that says, you know, I really want to go there and I want to be really really good, but I don't have a lot of time to, you know. So it's the goals and it's the, you know, you got to manage your time. Right. So you have think. to, you know, what I tell people with that is, you know, even if you, let's say you're in master class and you feel like, well, geez, I'm going to the national championship, I'm not going to be able to win the national championship. I'll set yourself a realistic goal. There's out of 2,200 people here, there's are 2,200 that probably the most experienced sporting plate shooters in the United States. Yeah. A lot of them, anyway. So, you know, if you can make it in the top 100, if you consider that, you know, an accomplishment, then you work for that. At the end of the day, uh, we all really do this for the self-satisfaction and accomplishment. You know, the I could make more money uh, if I didn't shoot it if i just gave it up and didn't shoot any longer right. and sure. just stayed home and concentrated on my instruction and my business but it's a self you know self-satisfaction is kind of the thing that i think keeps everybody ticking you know i'm never going to win enough money in sporting plays at least in today's in today's times to be the reason that i'm here right okay? but there's, so, always, there's always an you know, opportunity I'm to win another to, dollar i'm so. here to uh satisfy my own goal okay whatever that may be for sure. everyone Sure. Well, listen, I, I uh, real quick, we're, we're coming up on the show close. Uh, talk a little bit about your facility, how, how to get in touch with you, your shooting school, things of that nature. Uh, that. So we have uh, lodging, hunting, sporting plays, two courses, some of the you know most challenging targets that you'd want to shoot or some of the easiest targets that you want to shoot. You can come hunt birds with us, stay with us. Uh, the, our main website is mmhunting.com. Pretty simple. The letter M, the letter M, hunting.com. And you can get the click on the shooting school right from there, take you to my personal website. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, and this guy, <clears throat> he gets it done the right way. You know, he grew up doing it, he understands it. And, um, you know, 
the word on the street is he's one hell of an instructor, and that's a, you know, that's something that a lot of us could use. I mean, and that's a, that's why you've got him standing in line. But Anthony, thank you so much for being a part of the show, buddy. I really Thanks appreciate for me it. On. No, it is it is my pleasure. Yep. Good luck this weekend. Thank Shoot you. him well, folks. Anthony Matarese. Former national champion, former world champion, and who's to say he might not come up and do it again. So um, hats off to this guy, Anthony. Thank you again so much for your time, buddy. Thank you. Folks, we're uh, we're closing in on the end of the show. I do want to say, though, that uh, this last segment was brought to you by my good friends at ESP. That's Electronic Shooters Protection. You know, uh, 2,200 people out here, they are making a lot of noise. And, boy, you better have your ears protected. And I can tell you right now, I've got mine protected with ESP. That's Electronic Shooters Protection. And, uh, you know, you can check them out, ESPamerica.com. Well, give them a look. Jack Homer, my good buddy, owns that company, and he will take really, really good care of you. And trust me, you'll thank me if you put some ESPs in your ears. Folks, we're about to run out of time. We're pretty much done for uh, for this week. I am having a blast here in San Antonio. You know, it couldn't be better. Let, 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 you know, I want to recap, though, real quick. I mean, we've got 2,198 shooters. You know, if you factored in how many targets these people are going to shoot this week at this facility, it's going to be somewhere in excess of one and a half million clays being shot. That's absolutely remarkable, and um, they're all going to be shot with people having a good time. Before we go, I do absolutely, I want to thank Michael Hampton, Jr., the executive director of the National Sporting Clays Association, National Skeet Shooting Association. I want to thank Phil Murray from White Flyer Targets, and again, wish Phil the very best in his retirement. Many thanks to Vicki Ash from OSP Shooting School. Uh, great information from her about ladies and, uh, and, and the old times here at the, at the club. And uh, lastly, Anthony Matarese, great insight from that young man. And uh, I'll tell you, he's, uh, he's a force to be reckoned with this week. Folks, that's about all the time we've got this week. Uh, thank you again for tuning in to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Remember, check us out on the web at wingandclayradio.com. We'll see you next time. Shoot well, be safe, and by all means, take somebody out shooting with you and let them experience the fun that you're having. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. We'll be right back.